Okay, good morning. Today's Shavua Tov. Today's daf is daf Ches. Today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Eliyahu Asher ben Yisrael Tzvi Halevi and Mordechai ben Shalit. It's also for Rufu Shleima of Leia Batsula. May the Neshomas have an Aliyah and may their memory be a blessing. Um, I think let's go from the two dots towards the top, the fifth line of Ches Amur Aleph 8a. Um, so now we're moving on to the next point in the Mishnah, and that was, when is Maaser Bahema? The Tanakama says, this, uh, back in our Mishnah, it says Rosh Hashanah, it says, um, remember there are four Rosh Hashanahs, and then the second one was, Be'echot Be'elul Rosh Hashanah La Maaser Bahema. The first of Elul is Rosh Hashanah for Maaser Bahema. And Rabbi Lozov, Rabbi Shimon, Oimrim, Be'echot Be'tishra. And Rabbi Lozov and Rabbi Shimon say, no, it's the first of Tishrei. So this is when it is. So, so the Gemara says, Om Rabbi Yochanan, Vishnei Mikro Echrod Darsha. They both learn it out from the same Pasuk. Shenemar, as the Pasuk says. I'm going to read and translate the Pasuk and then explain it according to Rashi and then we'll analyze it of how the Gemara, um, the Gemara will, will go into it. So he says, Lav Shukarim Hatson, when the flock are clothed, Va'amokim Ya'atfu Bar, and the valleys are crowned with grain, they trumpet and they sing. So, Lov Shukarim Hatson is a, is a, what's the word? A euphemism, a nice way of saying that the, the, the flock become pregnant. And Amokim Ya'atfu Bar is when the grain becomes clearly distinct. It's like started to grow nicely in the, in the fields, in the valleys, etc., and you saw Shiru, Rashi explains very nice, is when the, in Nisan, when the grain is fully grown and the sheaves blow in the wind and rustle, it's them, it's them singing their music. So, Rebbe Meir, of our Amosai Lov Shukorim Hatson, Rebbe Meir says, when is this time of Lov Shukorim Hatson? Um, I, when do the flock become pregnant? At the time when the, you start to see the grain. When is it that the grain, that the, again, the valleys are full of, that the grain is start, you can clearly see that it started to grow. In Adar. Miss Avros, Adar. Therefore they give, they become pregnant in Adar. The Yoldos Ba'av and give birth in Av. Um, yeah, Rashi points out, the gestation of small flock, sheep and goats, is five months. So, so even those who get become pregnant in the end of Adar, Nisan Iyar Sivan Tamuz Av, they'll give birth five months later in Av. So therefore, Rosh Hashanah Shalohem, Elul, their Rosh Hashanah is Elul. I remember what's the, one of the main distinctions between the Rosh Hashanah and Maaseh Bahamah is, remember you only separate, Maaseh Bahamah, you separate one-tenth of all the animals born that year. Again, this is the definition, when do we call that, that what's considered that year, what's that year for these animals. So according to Rabbi Meir, it is Elul, and the reason is because they finish giving birth, of in the in the normal run of events, that's when animals have given birth in Elul, but uh, in Av, and therefore Elul would be animals from the next season, the next year's um, offspring. So that's where we get Elul from. Rabbi Lozav, Rabbi Shimon, I mean Rabbi Lozav, Rabbi Shimon read the pasuk slightly differently. They say Amos I love Shem Karim 
Hatzon, when do the Tzon become, pre- become pregnant? Bizmanchi is Oiraf Yoshiro at the time when the grain is singing. And Mosai, when Shibolim Oimroshiro, when do the grains say, so, uh, say their, sing, uh, their songs? Benisan, in Nisan, as we explained, it's when the grains are fully grown and the sheaves are rustling in the wind. That's them giving Shira. And when is that? Benisan. They must say, she boiled him Omer Shira, Nisan, Benisan. So Miss Avros, Benisan, it's saying they become pregnant in Nisan, the Yaldos Bet Elul. And then they give birth in Elul. So therefore, Rosh Hashanah, Shelohem, Tishrei. Their Rosh Hashanah would be Tishrei. In the normal run of events, all the offspring, the vast majority of the offspring, as we'll see, will have given birth in Elul, and therefore, any the cutoff point would be the end of Elul would be Tishrei, and therefore Tishrei, any animals born from Tishrei onwards is the new year for them. So now the Gemara says, But according to Rabbi Meir, it also says when the grain trumpets and sings. I, again, we, we have two time frames mentioned in this Pasuk. The first, this Pasuk starts off, Lov when the flock become pregnant. And it's connected to two separate time frames. The one time frame is, is when the grain, when you can clearly see the grain starting to grow, which is Adar. And then when the grain starts to sing, that's when it's basically completely grown. And that's Nisan. So we have these two... Um, so I'm just going to check something. Um, yeah. Um, so we have these two times, Adar and Nisan, mentioned in the Pasuk. So according to the one who said that the Lov Shukarim Hatson is in the earlier time Adar, how does he explain that it brings the Pasuk brings the second time of Nisan when the, when the grain is singing? It says, no, Ahu Baal Fosso. And that's referring to the late sheep that only give birth in Nisan, that only become pregnant in Nisan. Of Idich and the other opinion, Rebbe Lozber Shimon, who said that no, the main time is Nisan, they went after Yisoru Afyashiru, Yisroru Afyashiru, says Hoksir Vamokim Atfubar. The Pasuk also says um, when the valleys are full of grain. Crowned in grains is no That's referring to the ones who conceive early. That happens in Adar. Now the Gemara is going to say, but this is a, it's quite a difficult way of reading the pasuk. At least the second way says According to Rabbi Meir, the pasuk follows the normal progression. It says love su love bizman The flock become pregnant. When the fields are full of grain, or start to show their grain, the ikanami yisro after and they're also those who become pregnant when the grain starts to sing. I a bit later. According to Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shimon, the pasuk should be switched around because before we read it inside, how would you, Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Shimon, come along and say that when do the flock become pregnant in? Nisan, when this grain is singing, Yisoru Afyashiru, and and some ba'amokimi atvubar. But it's actually, as we know, the other the pasuk isn't in that order. He says, "Ibchemi boilei lob shukorimatzon bizman shi Yisoru Afyashiru." 
the ikanami and some also da mokimi atubar when the when the mountains um when the valleys are full of grain. Because again, according to them, according to, according to this way, how we're trying to learn Rabbi Loza and Rabbi Shimon from this Pasuk, the primary the primary point um, of when they become pregnant, the primary time when they become pregnant is when Yisoru Afyoshiru. So that should have been mentioned first in the Pasuk, either the the animal loves Shukarama Hatson, Yisroel Afyashiru, when the grain is fully grown. And then the second phrase of Vamokimi Afubar would tell us, and some a bit earlier. But you shouldn't list the secondary point before the primary time, the, the secondary time of when they become pregnant before the primary. So that actually can't be. Just before we go into what the, the Gomorrah revises its learning, but there's just an interesting question that they ask. Um, Above, how did we do this calculation? According to both of them, okay, it's similar, and the one doesn't fit in really well with the posuk. But either way, it was a similar calculation. We took from this posuk um, either Adar or Nisan, either when the grain is uh, singing or when the grain is um, sorry, when the grain is singing. That's the second time or the earlier time of when the grain is start when the valleys become full of grain, when you can see that it started to grow, and we counted five months. For small animal for flock, because their gestation is five months, and then you arrive in other Avo Elo, and you say that the cutoff point for the year of master is the next time. What about but what about large animals? What about cows? How when you're gonna calculate cows gestation, if I remember correctly, is also nine months. So it's all very well to calculate for uh, for flock, but what about cows? Why should Master Bahema not take them into account. So the one, so I saw two answers. One answer is that we go after the majority. There's much more flock, there's much more sheep and goats than cows. And therefore, when working out what should be the cutoff date for Master Bahama, you use the majority sheep on cow, sheep and goats. The other answer, very interesting, is that actually cows fall pregnant approximately four months before this in their standard season. So they will also finish conceiving, uh, finish, uh, finish giving birth around the same time as the flock because they become pregnant earlier on. Okay, but as we said, we had a problem with this way of learning the psukim. So let's go on and see the next, uh, the next possibility. So El So rather, Rav says everyone agrees. When do the son become pregnant? In Adar, when the valleys are starting to be full of grain. And they're actually not arguing, they're arguing in a different Pasuk. Again, that Pasuk, you're right, you have to understand as we just said. But the argument's based on the next Pasuk. Next Pasuk says, the Pozok says, you shall surely take Master, and it's referring to two Masters. Echon Master Bahema, Echon Master Dogon. One, it's referring to Master Bahema, that's what we're discussing, and the other one is Master Dogon. Now we're going to have two different ways of connecting those two. Rebbe Meir, Makish Master Bahema, and Master Dogon. We connect Master Bahema to Master Dogon based on the following principle. It says, Ma Master Dogon, Somuch Gomro Isuro, just as Master Dogon. We say that when it is nearly finished, that is when it's nearly complete, or, or, yeah, or close to, basically when it's just complete, 
that's when you make it year four. Maser, I um, the grain is left in the field till about Rosh Hashanah time, till the rainy season, it's left in the field to dry. And then you'll complete it and take it in. So that's when it's finished. And shortly after that, at the Echor of Tishrei, is the Maser for grain. So he says, So Af Maser Bahemas, Somoch Legomroi Suro. So he, so Rebbe Meir learns, well, it's connected to the Maser Bahemas, connected to Maser Dogon. So, so too, just as they finished, you'll take, you'll call that the year for Maser. I, and, we, and we've explained when do they finish. So everyone agrees that most animals give birth in, uh, conceive in Adar, and therefore they giving birth in Av. So close to Av, What's just after Av would be Elul. So that's how he gets Elul. You connect them in a different You connect the Master Bahama to the Master Dogon, but in a different way. Master Dogon, Rosh Hashanah, Shalot, Tishrei. Af Master Bahama, Rosh Hashanah, Shalot, Tishrei. So too, Master Bahama. You connect Master Bahama to Master Dogon. And just as Maser Dogon, it's Rosh Hashanah is Tishrei, so to Maser Bahama, it's Rosh Hashanah is Tishrei. So fascinating, we have that, they basically agree on everything, and there's a Hekesh, they just agree on how the Hekesh expresses itself. According to Rabbi Meir, the Hekesh, we're connecting, both agree we're connecting Maser Bahama to Maser Dogon. But what's the key point of Maser Dogon? So Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Lazar say, well, the key point is that it's in Tishrei. And if we're connecting Maser Bahama to Maser Dogon, well, then it's Rosh Hashanah is also Tishrei. That's the one way of looking at it. The other way of looking at it is no. Why is Master Baheba in Tish? Why is Master Dogon in Tishrei? Because that's when you usually just finish its production. Oh, so that's when Master kicks in, and that's when they say that's the end of the year. And then he says, so so to an animal. When do most animals give birth? In Av. So when is it finished? In Elul. And therefore, it's Rosh Hashanah's Elul. What I like about that is we often have this complexity when trying to work out in a general um, discussion, when you're looking at a halacha and you want to try to work out, is that halacha based on a principle that is flexible or is that halacha fixed? Um, I'm just trying to think of an example offhand. Um, And it comes up sometimes with, uh, I know one place you could express it, it's a very controversial discussion, but by Bris Miller there's this part called Metzitzah Bepeh. Now, we all know that for generations and generations it was done. But there are those who are certain nowadays, as I said, I'm not going into what the halach is at all, but I'm just bringing out this principle of how you can see the same thing and look at it from, is it the halacha or is it the, um, or is it the principle? Um, and it was done for generations, and now they say that it's unhealthy and it can transmit germs and stuff. So there's a, and there's a machlokas aposkim. So you can say we want to be like our ancestors and do what they did. They the halacha is you have to do it, and therefore we have to do it. And it's much harder to get around not doing it then, because our ancestors did it. Or you could actually say, no, why did our ancestors do it? They did it because they believed it's healthy. So therefore, if we actually want to follow the halacha of our ancestors, is to do what we understand as healthy. So there you see, you can either compare it exactly, they did it so we have to do it, 
or you can take the principle is that it's being healthy. I feel like that's this this machlokes uh, here kind of underlines these two ways of thinking. Rabbi Meir says, well, the one opinion, Rabbi uh, Loza, Rabbi Shimon say, are we comparing Maaser um, Bahema to Maaser Dogon? When is Maaser Bahema? When is Maaser Dogon in Tishrei? So we've got to do it at exactly the same time as Tishrei. And Rabbi Meir says, no, look, why we comparing Maaser Bahema to Maaser Dogon? Why is Maaser Dogon over then? Okay, just the interesting side, something I was just thinking about when I learned that Machlokes. Okay, Tish, let's go on to the next point. Um, we said that the first of Tishrei is Rosh Hashanah for the new year. What relevance is that? One alakic relevance is it knowing that the first of Tishrei is the new year. So Amar Rapopel Ishtaros, Rapopel says for documents, this is the first, we're going to give a few ones, but Rapopel says for Ishtaros, the Tanan as it says, and a document that is dated early is invalid, but if it's post-dated, it is kosher. But wait, you can't tell me that the first of Tishrei is... It's Rosh Hashanah for documents because we learned right at the beginning of the Masechta that when it says Rosh, um, that Nisan is Rosh Hashanah for Melochim Rabchist, explained that's for Shtaros, for documents. I so that you don't mess up your dating of your Shtaros. So, which one is it? Is it Nisan or is it Tishrei? So he says, So the one says, here it's for Jewish kings and here it is for non Jewish kings. I miss, and this we saw before, Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for Jewish kings. I went dating a document, and you want to say the fifth reign of King so-and-so, well then, that's based on Nisan would be when the year changes. But if you're dating a non-Jewish king's document, then it would be Tishrei. But wait, Rav Chizda taught us as a Chidosh. He said, this that you've brought a source and we've proven that Nisan is the Rosh Hashanah for kings, is for Jewish kings, but Tishrei is the Rosh Hashanah for non-Jewish kings. Rav Chizda, but Nisan, is Rav Chizda just coming to teach us something that's in the Mishnah. Again, how we explain the Mishnah, we've said that when it says Rosh Hashanah, that's referring to how you date Shtaros according to Jewish kings. And when it says a bit later, the Echo of Tishrei is, Rosh Hashanah Le Shonim, that's how you date Shtaros for the non-Jewish, for, according to non-Jewish kings. But Rav Chizda, so, but, so what was Rav Chizda's Chidosh? Rav Chizda was teaching us this brilliant idea that no, this that you're telling me, it's a Rosh Hashanah for the Malachim, is only for Jewish kings, but not Jewish kings. It's a perfirish in the Mishnah. I don't need Rav Chizda to teach me what's in the Mishnah. So, lo, lo, Rav Chizda kroi what Rav Chizda is actually coming to do is to teach us the psukim. I remember Rav Chizda there brought the proof from the story of Hanani and it was not Nehemiah of how we see that you date. I think it was Hanani and Nehemiah but how we see that you dated from Tishrei. So that's what Rav Chizda was doing. He wasn't, obviously from the Mishnah you can work, the Mishnah says Malachim and Shonim and one's Nisan and one's Tishrei for Jewish kings and non-Jewish kings. But what Rav Chizda really come to teach us is the Psukim. So the Orochan Lener asks the obvious question. So wait, we were surprised that Rav Chizda might be coming to teach us what the Mishnah teaches us. But you're not surprised that Rav Chizda is coming to teach us what the Psukim come to teach us. Everyone knows Psukim. And we know the famous uh, Mishnah in Avos, it says Chamesh Lemikra. 
Everyone's learning Psukim before they're learning Mishnah. So they should know that, so what? Rav is going to tell us what the Psukim tell us, but, um, um, but the Mishnah, the Mishnah that we expect you to know. So he answers very interesting. He says, no, what Rav Chizda, obviously everyone knows those Psukim. But what Rav Chizda did was bring those Psukim together. And I was thinking about it, I was thinking, I think that's such a beautiful lesson in, in, in learning. So much of learning is being able to connect the different pieces that you've learned together. To learn one piece in isolation and apply it in its isolated case is, okay, it's a good start. But a greater Talmud Chochem is able to draw from all parts of Shas and Poskim and bring them together to express the idea in a more wholesome way or to bring in all the relevant factors, which, are, which is very hard to do. I was thinking like that's what um, I remember, like even when I was younger, sitting in my grandfather's shirim, and he could bring five Gomorrahs to explain the principle or to bring out an idea. And I would have ne- known all those Gomorrahs, but I would never ever in a hundred years have thought to bring those Gomorrahs and tie them together to express the idea. And I was thinking also, um, I remember it's happened a few times, like when I have to give the Siyom on Simchas Torah. So I asked my father, I'd be speaking on this Mesechta, on this date, Simchas Torah. Or I'm giving a Siyom on this Mesechta, on this Parsha. And help me find a connection. And in like a few minutes, my father, or sometimes he'd just remember off the cuff, he'd say, well, there's that thing in that Gomorrah which is connected to this time, or that's that Gomorrah, which is connected to this time. But again, it's not that I'd learned the Gomorrah. I'd learned it more recently than my father. That's why I was making a seum on it. But he knew how to have it in his mind that he could make these connections. I think that's a... Now, I think that's what Rav Chizda did here. It wasn't that Rav Chizda was teaching us the Psukim. Everyone knows that's those Psukim. But the brilliancy of Rav Chizda is that he brought those Psukim together, contrasted them, and brought out this Halacha. Okay, let's go on to the second answer. Um... Again, the question is, we said that, what is Rosh Hashanah L'Shonim mean? So the first answer we gave is, it means it's the, Rosh, it's the starting time of dating documents. A second possibility, and maybe this is what Rav Chizda reads the Mishnah, he says, Maybe Rav Chizda holds like Rabbi Zaira, the Rabbi Zaira, Omar, the Tkufa, Rabbi Zaira says it's for Tkufa. I'll explain what that is soon. Very here, and it must be then Rabbi Eliezer, sorry, Rabbi Eliezer, the Omer Betishrei Nivra Ha'olam, who says that the world was created in Tishrei. Um, I I wasn't sure exactly of the relevance of this. I, I try to work it out. I think it might come up a bit later. But Rabbi Zaira says, when do the seasons start? So that's Rosh Hashanah L'Shonim. When do the new seasons, when does the new lunar cycle start? Um, that is at Rosh Hashanah on the 1st of Tishrei. That's what, and that's Rabbi Eliezer who says that the world was created in Tishrei. We're going to see shortly there's a machloikes when the world was created. But according to Rabbi Eliezer, the world was created in Tishrei and therefore the seasons start in Tishrei. Interestingly enough, which would make the first season what we would call autumn. Remember, Tishrei is in, in the Northern Hemisphere, Tishrei is in autumn, so autumn would be the first season, um, if, if, that's, if that's what it means, Litkufa, for seasons. Um, so that's the second answer of what it means, Rosh Hashanah L'Shonim, 
means it's the starting point of calculating the seasons. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak Omar Ledin. Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak says, no, what's Rosh Hashanah Shonim mean? It means for judgment. I, this is what we know Rosh Hashanah as. When anyone says Rosh Hashanah, what jumps into your mind? Well, okay, at, at least before you did this Mishnah, what jumped into your mind? That's Rosh Hashanah is the day of judgment. So he says that's what it is. It's the day we judge. Do you see as it's written? From the beginning of the year until the end of the year. And he makes it Rosh At the beginning of the year on Rosh Hashanah, you're judged for how the whole year will play out. What will be at the end of the year? Um, oh, just before we go further, so that Slach asks interesting questions. He says, if you notice, there's a difference. There seems to be a difference between this and all the other Rosh Hashanah. <coughs> All the other Rosh Hashanahs are the start of the year, almost the start of the process, the start of what's calculated over the next few months. I Rosh Hashanah Lamaser means any time from now, from Tishrei till the end of the year, is all one year for Maser, but not what happens on that day. None of the Rosh Hashanahs we've seen are relevant specifically to that day. Dating documents, it's not something that depends on one day, it's over the whole year. It's, it's setting something up for the whole year. Whereas Rosh Hashanah Ladin seems very much to be, well, you judge on Rosh Hashanah and that's how it is. It's a, it's a once-off event, unlike all the others were setting it up for how it's going to be for the next 12 months. Um, and he answers very interestingly, he says, no. He says, because Rosh Hashanah, when you get judged, is the opportunity to start on a clean slate. There's the power of tshuva, is that you get to start on a clean slate. And therefore, the whole coming year is actually defined by your clean slate that you get to start at because of Rosh Hashanah on that day. So similar, just as from now on for the next 12, the Rosh Hashanah of today it, or um, yeah, affects how I'm going to date my documents for the next 12 months. It also affects how I can live my life because I had a new start. But not that we're focusing on the day that you judged. Okay, it's more subtle idea, but interesting. Um, Musar and the power of Shuvah. How do you know that this is referring to Tishrei? Again, it just says from the beginning of the year until the end of the year. Well, we know the other Rosh maybe it's the beginning of the year is Nisan or something. So how do you know it's Tishrei? She says, no, Deceivers, it's written, Tiku Bechoyde Shofar, you will sound the Shofar in the new month, Beches Eliyom Chagainu, when it is hidden, with the festival when it's hidden. Which festival is the moon hidden? That must be Rosh Hashanah. Because remember, at the beginning of the month, which is when Rosh Hashanah is, right at the beginning of the month, the moon is tiny and a sliver, and you can hardly see it. It's basically covered. Whereas all the other festivals, well, Pesach and Shavuos are in the middle of the month, when it's a full moon. Pesach and Sukkot and Shavuos, it's already six days into the month, so it's a quarter moon. Um, it's, a, it's a half moon. So that's Haviyam is Rosh Hashanah, must be Rosh Hashanah. Uksiv, and it's written. So again, the continuation of that Tehillim is Kichok Israel Hu Mishpat Lelokei Yaakov. It's a day of judge. It's the law when there's when Hashem judges. Okay, so that's that. Possibly that's how we know that Tishrei is when we judged. Um, and that's and that's the Rosh Hashanah. Now the Gemara is just going to bring another drasha from this pasuk. Ton Rabbanan Kichok Israel Hu Mishpat Lelokei Yaakov. It is a chok. 
for Yisrael, Mishpat Elokei Yaakov, Melamed She'ein Beisdin Shomale Nechnasin Ledin, it teaches us that Beisdin Shomale do not treat it as a day of judgment, Elohim Kein Kidesh Beisdin Shomata Esachoidesh, unless Beisdin Shomata sanctify the new moon. Right? And only because, that's what he says, Kichokli Yisrael, who? When Bnei Israel set their law, I, when the Sanhedrin declares that Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, which is Rosh Hashanah, then based in Shomala, Hashem's judge can start. Hashem can start to judge. Um, so very. So that's that's the power of Bnei Israel. They actually determine their judgment, and also when Hashem starts to judge. The Sfas Emes has an interesting point here. He says that. It doesn't mean that they wait for Benesh, that it only becomes the day of judgment when the Sanhedrin declared Rosh, Chodesh, um, Rosh Hashanah, when they sanctify the new moon. Because, remember, when do the Sanhedrin declare it? Only a few hours into the day already. Are they going to declare? The earliest would be, I think, the th- they say like the third hour of the day or something. But the earliest is, early, is the morning. So what about the whole of Rosh Hashanah not? So he says, Bailin Shalmala only treat the day as Rosh Hashanah, the day that they know, I mean, obviously it's Hashem's Beisdin, so they know what's going to happen the next day, the day that they know Beisdin are going to actually declare it as Rosh Hashanah, which interestingly would have ramifications, I don't want to analyze it now, but what happens if you forget Yalev Yovo in benching on the night of Rosh Hashanah? According to this, it's not Rosh Hashanah until, and it's not even the day of judgment, it's not it's Yom HaZikaron HaZeh. It's not this day until Beisdin declare it the following morning. Um, but according to the Sfas Emes, well, actually, it is Rosh Hashanah because we know that the next day that they're going to... Because you know that the next day they are going to declare it um, declare it Rosh Hashanah. Okay, but either way, we see that it only becomes Rosh Hashanah the day of judgment that Hashem sits and judges the world if the Sanhedrin declare that day as Rosh Hashanah. Tanya Irich, another brayser. Ki chok Yisrael hu? Ainli el Yisrael lo It's a set date for Bnei Yisrael. Seems only for Bnei Yisrael. What about the non-Jewish nations? So Talmud Lomer, Mishpat lelokei Yaakov, a day of judgment of the God of Yaakov. Or imkain ma Talmud Lomer ki chok Yisrael. If it's the day of judgment for the God of Yaakov, I, he's going to judge the whole world. Why does it single out and first say that it's the chok Yisrael, it's the time for Yisrael? It says, Malamed she Yisrael nechnosim tchile ledina, teaches that, that Bnei Yisrael get judged first. And this is in line with Rav Chizda, the Omar Rav Chizda, Melech Betzibor, if you have a king and a community, you're going to judge. Melech Nichnas Tchilo Ledin, the king must go, must be judged first. Shenemar, as it says, Mishpat Avdo, Mishpat Amo, the, the judgment of his servant and the judgment of his people. I, the servant, the king, is judged before the, the king, my timer. What's the reason? Why should a king judge before the other people? His e boys, and on that same go, why should Bnei Israel be judged before the rest of the world? So his e boys, the one answer is it's not their hairs to leave the king sitting outside. There's a court case with the king involved, or you're judging the king, you don't need him sitting outside waiting for everyone, you bring him to judge him first. The e boys, another answer, meet me the late push. Before there just gets too much anger. If the judge, if Hashem's going to start judging all the people and see all their Averas, the poor king, by the time he comes in for judgment, it's going to look very bad and he's going to be judged 
in anger and in severity. I heard interestingly that um, they did studies in Israel and they found out that you're most likely to have your appeals, your appeal uh, granted if you if it's the early the one early in the morning, the 9 a.m. one. If you get the one around lunchtime, you're in trouble because then the judge is already angry, grumpy, hungry. So I mean, so, so there is that concept that you're more likely to be judged favorably if you go in first, and that's what Hashem judges in the same way. Therefore, we let the king come in first and be judged again. And I guess also, if, you know, in a way, I think the if the king can be accountable for the whole nation. So if he if the whole nation is looked at and found short, then that's going to really reflect badly, and that's going to be added to the king's judgment. Okay, then the next one, Lashmitim, we said Rosh Hashanah, um, Aleph Tishrei, what we call Rosh Hashanah, the first of Tishrei, is also in the New Year for Shemitah. He says, Minolon, how do you know that? Tuchsiv, as it's written, In the seventh year, it will be a, a complete rest for the land. And we learn from Tishrei. As it's written, we saw this up above from the beginning of the year. So there are. We just proved again at the bottom of the previous Amod is referring to Tishrei. And here it says, the seventh year. So that must be counted from Tishrei. And why don't we learn it? Shana Shana from Nisan. Rishon Hu Lochem It's the first for you for the months of the year. We see Shana there as well. It says, no, Don in Shana, Shaini Mochadoshim, Nishana, Shaini Mochadoshim, Vain Don in Shana, Shaini Mochadoshim, Nishana, Sorry, Shaini Mochadoshim, Nishana, Shaini Mochadoshim. No, we're rather going to compare a Shana which is written not together with months, I Chod Shana, from a Shana which is not written with months. Rather than learn Shona, which does not have months written it, from a Shona which has months written for it. I, it's more, the phrase here is more similar. And that's why we'll learn it from Tishrei. Just interesting to note here, we know that there's two... Um, there's two parts of Shemitah. And this is important for us because this year is Shemitah. Uh, this is the Shemitah year. There's two, there's Shemitah Karka and Shemitah Sofin. The... the Letting the land ownerless and the issue of serving the land, and that's the one that Rashi mentions here. But is karka, and then there's the second one of Shmita's karka that all debts get cancelled in the Smita year. So the Oroflaner points as I says, if you notice, Rashi only says it's Rosh Hashanah for the Shmita's for avoidus karka for working the land. When do the surim of avoidus karka work in the land? And they kicking at Tishrei. He doesn't mention Shmita's Safim. And this would be because, but I think, if I remember correctly, most opinions, there are things, that Shemitah's Ksafim only end, kicks in at the end of the year. And that's why you'll notice towards Rosh Hashanah next year, everyone will start pulling out their prusbils, and you get people to sign, you hand over your debts to Bazdin to collect on your behalf, so that you don't, if, so that you don't lose out on the money that you've lent. But interesting enough, that's because, again, because Rashi, the Oracle Nair seems to want to bring it from Rashi here, but if you remember correctly, it's most poskim hold the Shemitahs, the cancellation of debts only kicks in at the end of the year. There are those who hold it kicks in at the beginning of the year, but most hold it only kicks in at the end of the year. Okay, Ula Yovelos. We also said that it's a Rosh Hashanah for Yovel. Now, just before we go, what's Yovel? So remember, there's the, there's the seven-year cycle. There's year one, two, three, etc. And seven, seventh year is Shemitah. 
Once you have seven of those, so the 49th year, the following year is the Yovel year. Ule Yovelos. So he says, Yovelos, Becho Petishrei, who? Yovelos, Beyud Petishrei. He says, what do you mean Yovel starts on the 1st of Tishrei? Yovel starts on the 10th of Tishrei. Do you see as it's written, Beyom HaKippurim, Tabiru, Shofar, etc. On the day of Yom Kippur, you will sound the Shofar. I, all the events of, of, of the Schmidt, of the Yovel year, only kick in on the 10th of that year when they sound the Shofar on Yom Kippur. Interesting, someone bring, that's one of the reasons we blow the Shofar. On Motzei Yom Kippur, in memory of this, that they used to blow the shofar on Yom Kippur of the Yovel year. That's one of the reasons brought for that. I mean, the, another reason brought is that, no, it's, it's Hashem is departing. He's been very close to us. Now he's moving a bit back into regular um, cycle. But I think this is one of the main reasons is to remember the Shemitah. So when we blow the shofar, that's when Yovel is. It says, oh, money, so... So, so what do you mean by telling me that the first of Tishrei is the Yom is for Yovel? It's Yom Kippur of that day. It's the tenth of Tishrei. So no, how many Rabbi Shmuel ben Oisha Rabbi Yochanan ben Broika? He it's actually Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yochanan ben Broika. The time is we learned to the Brisa. Bekidash temeshnas hachamishim shono. You'll sanctify the fiftieth year. Now it doesn't have to say the fiftieth year because we've discussed the seventh year cycle. So Samatam Adama, why is it adding in Because by the fact that we mentioned it's on Yom Kippur, you might have thought that all the halachas only kick in on Yom Kippur. Therefore the Torah adds in and you will sanctify the fiftieth year. To tell us that it's sanctified from the beginning. From the fiftieth year, from the beginning of the year. Don't think that it only only starts on Yud Tishrei. It starts on Aleph Tishrei. Ah, Mikan Omer Bishmol Benoisher Biyachan Membroika. May Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippurim from Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. Now, one of the main events of the Yovel year was that the slaves would go free. Slaves would uh, remember all Jewish slaves would go free in the Yovel year. Um, land would return. And that, that's what the sound of the shofar would do. So he says so. From Rosh Hashanah till Yom Kippur, the slaves would not leave, would not go home, but they were not enslaved anymore. It's now the Yovel year, they're not slaves anymore, but they don't go home until the Shofar is under on Yom Kippur. They eat, they drink, and rejoice. Crowns in their heads, I to show that they're free. When Yom Kippur, when they, then when Yom Kippur arrives, Tiku based in the shofar, based in sound the shofar. Niftur avodim lavosem v'sodos choizros lebalehem. The owner, the the avodim go home to their real homes, and the fields return to their original owners. Of rabbanon, what do the rabbanon do with this? Uh, they hold that Yovel only starts on the tenth of Tishrei. So how do they learn this extra Joshua of? They, they hold that the years need sanctification, but the months do not need sanctification. In other words, they hold that um, it only becomes the Yovel year if based in declare it the Yovel year. If based in don't declare it, it does not get any Kedusha. Um, unlike Rosh Chodesh, which happens automatically. Based in should declare it Rosh Chodesh, but if they don't, it's automatically Rosh Chodesh. 
Tanya, it is. We have another brisel. Yovel he matam loymar lefishenemar bekidash temes shnas achamishim yochel kashem shmaktishim holeches mitchloso kach miskadeshes holeches besofo. He says no. Another brisel taught yovel he. It will be the yovel yomar. What's it coming to say now? Since it says you will sanctify the fiftieth year, you might have thought that just as it is holy and continues to be holy from the beginning, so too its holiness continues at the end. The altitma, I, um, I, you might have thought that the holiness continues till Yom Kippur of the following year. I remember Yom Kippur is already the 10th of the new year. You might have thought that it continues for another t- year. It says, Va'altitma, don't be so surprised that you might think that it extends. Like, again, the Gemara is saying, why would you ever think that it extends past Rosh Hashanah of the following year, the Yovel year? She says, don't be so surprised. We have the concept of adding on Kodesh to Chol. Just as we bring in Shabbos a little early and take out Shabbos a little early, so maybe so too with the Yovel year, its Kedusha only leaves a little bit into the following year. Says Talmud Loma, the Torah says, Yovel hi shnasa chamishim, shnasa chamishim, atoma kadesh, viatoma kadesh, shona chamishim ma'achas. So that's why it says, Yovel hi, it is the Yovel year. Only that year. You don't extend it 10 days into the next year. Of the Rabbonon. The Rabbonon who don't learn out from the Kiddashtem that it's sanctified from the beginning of the year. So they don't need this whole drosha. They tell us that you count the 50th year and you don't count the 51st year. You don't count it as the 51st year. Says what? What's that? No, like he came into Rabbi Yehuda. This is coming to exclude from Rabbi Yehuda. The Omar who says he holds that the fiftieth year counts for both years. I very interesting. Not to just to contrast it, and then it will make more sense. Is this a machloke? So you get to you go through the whole cycle seven years, seven uh, seven sets of seven years. So on year forty nine, then the fiftieth year is the Yovel year. Is that fiftieth year? The Yovel year and the first year of the next cycle? Or is it just the Yovel year and the 51st year is? So the Rabbon, and this is coming to exclude, Yovel he, it is only the 50th year, it's only the Yovel year, it's not the first year of the next cycle. Which is unlike Rabbi Yehuda, who learns that the 50th year counts for both. This, this, they learn from this pasuk that it is not like that. It's not like Rabbi Yehuda. We don't count the 50th year as both the Yovel year and the first year of the next 49 year cycle. We count the 50th year as its standalone year and the first year of the next cycle starts in the 51st year. Okay, we'll leave it there for today and we'll continue from the top of Tess uh, tomorrow. Have a very good week.